Hello, everybody. It's Melissa. I'm back. Welcome back to another episode. And uh, guess what? I still have COVID. (laughs) I still have COVID, guys. It's 10 days now. I'm on day 10 of this fiasco. And I gotta say, I'm really, really over it. I've been over it for a while. I just, I'm ready to move on and get back to regularly scheduled life programming. But I don't have a choice in the matter, so I'm dealing with it. I'm not dealing with it well. My poor partner, Gray, is like the most patient person in the world because I really do get uh, kind of <laughs> grumpy. Not kind of, I get really grumpy and just like curmudgeon-y when I'm sick for too long. Just the disruption to my life is is a lot to take. I know I already did a whole episode on COVID and how annoying it is, so I'm not going to talk too much about it, but it, yeah, I'm really thrown off. I just need to get back to life as usual. So hopefully soon I will be fully over this and testing negative, but as of this morning, I still tested positive. Uh, I still don't feel great. I feel about like 80% better, but there's still like lingering symptoms and a lot of fatigue going on. And uh, I'm just wondering how long this is going to last. So I'm dealing with it. I'm fine. But in other news, in happier news, it's June now, which is Pride Month. So we're going to talk about some queer stuff today. And uh, I just also realized that Uh, a couple of days ago was the one year anniversary of when I started recording this podcast, which is super exciting. I didn't realize that it had been that long and it just kind of dawned on me to check and see when I started because I thought I started last summer at some point and I was like, huh, I must be coming up on a year soon, maybe. Uh, But that didn't seem right. But guess what? It was right. And uh, I can't believe it's been a year. So I don't know. So much has happened in the past year and I am still going strong with this podcast, which, you know, some of the things that I do don't last this long because I have ADHD and sometimes I have the interest churn and uh, I don't stick with things. But the podcast obviously is still going strong and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So thank you to everyone who's been listening over the past year and uh, I'm excited for the next year. I have some stuff planned and this has really become sort of a thing that I didn't expect to be a thing. I mean I just I kind of went into it not really knowing where it would go or if anyone would listen and people listen and it's going places. So I don't know. That's good. I'm happy about it. I hope you guys are too. You must be if you're listening. Uh, Okay. Anyway, so all right, let's get on to today's topic. Like I said, it's Pride Month. Since it is Pride Month, I wanted to do a couple of episodes about queer related stuff, gay stuff, LGBTQIA stuff. And I thought I would start by just talking a little bit about my own sexuality and my own experience with um, queerness and being a lesbian and coming out and 
how that all came to be and how it's related to my autism in kind of a strange way um or not related to but it's it was my journey with coming out was very similar to my autism journey so there was a lot of parallels uh, and similarities there so uh yeah I guess I'll just start by talking a little bit about um when I realized that I was gay so one of the ways that my gayness <laughs> resembled my autism discovery is that when I figured it out when it dawned on me that I was gay um all of a sudden I looked back over my life and of course I was gay. It made so much sense. There were so many clues and breadcrumbs along the way that I just didn't pick up on until I figured it out. And then I was like, oh, and everything sort of clicked into place. And for those of you who have had that similar experience uh, in your life, you know, it's kind of wild when all of a sudden everything makes sense and you have an answer for things that you previously just thought were weird things about you. So one of the things that I thought was weird about me is that um, I was never really super, <clears throat> excuse me, I was never really super interested in sex. No, that's not true. Not that I wasn't interested in sex, but I, I didn't find it super enjoyable. So to me, um, when I did partake <laughs> in sexual activity, um, there were times when I kind of just did the thing that I was supposed to do because you're supposed to do it. You know what I mean? Um, not saying that I was forced or coerced in any way, just in my mind, it was like, okay, I'm not super into this, but my partner is. And so I just felt like to be a good partner, I kind of needed to get on board. <laughs> and I guess you have to understand that throughout my life, you know, I'm 42. So when I was growing up, when I was in my young adult years and first becoming like sexually active and stuff like that, um, there wasn't a lot of information about the different types of um, ways to be, the different types of gender presentations, different sexualities, different ways of identifying. Um, not a lot of people were talking about things like that. And so um, had I known then what I know now, I may have um, wrongfully assumed that I was asexual uh, because my interest in sex was so limited and so like dependent on certain situations and it wasn't really an important 
part of my life or my relationships. Um, so I may have assumed that that's what was going on with me. But back when this was happening, uh, I just assumed that something that I had a low sex drive that I was like, oh, you know, I'm just not a very sexual person. I think I just have a low sex drive. Um, I honestly, for a long time, felt like there was something wrong with me uh, because a lot of other women my age that I knew were very into um, sex with their partners or sex in general, um, even like casually. And uh, casually was never really a thing that I that I did. I, I do believe that, uh, now that I know the terminologies and the things that exist, I do believe that I'm demisexual. Um, I've never really been a person who could just like hook up with people or whatever. There really had to be some sort of a, a connection with a person to make me really interested in being intimate physically with them. Um, so anyway, I knew that the way that I was in that regard was different from others. And there was a lot of like fear and shame wrapped up in that for me because, you know, like I said, no one was talking about different ways of being back then. And I just kind of assumed that I was broken. And so I really didn't know how to address that or approach it with anyone. And so most of the time, I just kind of put on a... um a facade. And that's another way that, you know, this sort of mirrors autism is like, you look around, you see how you're supposed to be, you know, you're not like that, but you don't really know what to do about the fact that you're not like that. And you don't know why, and you figure there's something wrong with you. And so you figure out how to pretend. Um, which now looking back is terrible, not fair to me, not fair to my partners back then, you know, it was just kind of, uh, a bad situation all around. Um, I do have a bit of trauma from those points in my life where I was sort of forcing myself into situations. Um, like I said, I never was, you know, my partners weren't forceful with me, but I would force myself. And, um, but there were times where I had partners who would sort of like bring it up or maybe even guilt me a little bit and be like, you know, you know, it's just like, it's hard when you're mismatched like that and you're in a relationship. So, um, anyway, so that was kind of what was going on. And, but I ended up in a relationship with a really great guy, um, the father of my second child. Um, I have two kids for those of you who may not know and may not have been listening, uh, for a long time, but I have two kids. The first one was born when I was in high school. I was a teen mom and before teen mom was a show on MTV and it became cool. (laughs) I was like the OG teen mom. No, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, I had my son when I was 17 and, uh, had my daughter when I was 29. So when I had my daughter, uh, I was married to her dad. Uh, we got married, you know, we dated for a few years. He asked me to marry him. I was like, okay, like, (laughs) sure. Like this relationship is good. We've been together a few years. This is kind of the way it goes again, just like looking around and seeing 
what other people were doing and I was in my late 20s I think I was 27 when we got married and we'd been together for three years already and you know I was like all right I guess yeah this is the next step like which is a such a logical and like kind of weird cold way to think about it but it didn't feel that way like I really was like oh yeah okay like sure and I was excited to get married to him um and uh we were we were moving to the next step in our life and so we got married we had a baby a couple years later and um and so this is when things kind of started to come apart though so um or maybe not come, maybe like come together. <laughs> maybe things finally started to come together, but I guess come apart in my marriage from that perspective. Um, because when my daughter was a year old, I met someone at work. And this someone was a woman, is a woman still, but she's not still in my life. So I'll use past tense for her. Um, it was a woman and it was a new employee and uh, I heard people talking about her. This is back when I was a nurse and I worked in a locked psychiatric facility. So um, she worked on a different unit than I did, um, but I heard through the grapevine that there was a new employee and I knew her name, and but I hadn't worked with her yet or met her or anything. About a month went by, I think, of me just like hearing about this new person who worked there, just here and there. Um it was kind of a, it was a small hospital. So people, everyone kind of knew each other and whatever. <clears throat> so, uh, so what happened is, uh, one day I had to go to another unit to get a certain medication. And so I traveled over to this other unit, let myself in, went to go to the med room and I saw this new person sitting at the nurse's station and, Immediately I knew who she was when I saw her because I had heard so much about her. Um, and I knew that she was a lesbian. People had said stuff about her. Um, I'm not sure. Um, they weren't just like, there's a new person and she's a lesbian. But you know, like you hear talk about people and whatever. And so I knew she was gay. And she was more of a, she had more of a butchy vibe. And so like when I saw her, I was like, okay, that must be her. And immediately I was super super attracted to her like in a way that I really hadn't been attracted to anyone else in my entire life and this was just upon first glance first meeting and I believe we said hello and I introduced myself and she introduced herself and I got my medication that I needed for my patient and I left the unit and um I was like oh my god what was that? What was that about? Like, I've never had that feeling before. And I am honest, probably to a fault because I went home and I told my husband right away because I felt really odd keeping it from him. I was like, I don't know. I felt just like it was a moment and I didn't want to keep it a secret. And so I told him, I was like, Hey, you know, there's this new woman at my work and I met her today and I'm really attracted to her. And of course, being a guy in his late twenties, he was like, Oh, 
and he felt like I think a little bit excited at the prospect of me being attracted to a woman um and he was like well you know like who is this woman like can I see a picture of her and I was like yeah let me see and so I sort of like um this was before Instagram was a thing Uh, I looked her up on Facebook though and I found a picture and like I said she was um pretty far on the butch side of things as far as how she presents to the world and so uh he saw her picture and he was like oh oh okay so she's she's a lesbian and I'm like yeah yes and uh he was like okay this is not what I was expecting and I was like yeah um this is not what I was expecting either and so it kind of just progressed from there it was um you know, she had the same feeling about me and she was also in a relationship at the time. And so this is a thing that had never, ever happened to me in my life before. I had never met someone that I was interested in while I was still in a relationship with someone else. Um, I definitely never like cheated on a partner or anything like that. Um, and I had never been interested in someone who was in a relationship And she had been in a really long relationship. I think she had been with her partner for like 10 years. And so we kind of just like, I, we just knew we started working together here and there. And it was very obvious that we were both interested in each other, but it was also very obvious that we were both committed to other people. Um, But eventually it got to the point where we brought it up and realized that we really had feelings for each other and that we really wanted to be together and so um both of our relationships ended I had to end things with my husband I mean I had to end things with my husband anyway because I realized that this was not just a singular event that this was not just a person who I was attracted to um this I was attracted to women. I realized that I was, I was a lesbian. It all became really, really clear. Um, and it became clear to him too. And I think from his side of things, you know, we had been together for like seven years by this point. And I think for him also, um, there were a lot of clues along the way. And this really clarified things for him too, where he also was able to look back and be like, Oh, okay yeah like this makes sense and um I am still friends with a couple of my ex-boyfriends who I was in longish term relationships with as you know I'm a serial monogamist I did a whole episode on that so um you know I had a couple of longer relationships with other guys uh prior to my ex-husband and uh when they found out that I was coming out as gay, they were also like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, because for one, the, the low sex drive, the lack of interest in being intimate with these male partners that I had, um, was a big clue, but also there were other clues along the way, like, um, the fact that I was really interested in, beautiful women I just and I always have been I look back and I'm like okay so I've always really appreciated 
a beautiful woman. And I know that you can be straight and like looking at beautiful women, I think. (laughs) But maybe there's a line and I was past the line. Like I was more interested than probably was normal for a heterosexual woman. Um, because I, okay. So for one example, when I was, um, a preteen, you know how most preteen girls have like their boy heartthrobs that they're super into, Um, hanging up on their walls. Well, I had a big poster of Cindy Crawford. If you don't know who Cindy Crawford is, um, I don't know where you've been, but she was like a huge, huge name in the 80s and 90s. She was a supermodel. She did a lot of um, commercial work, mostly for like Pepsi and big brands like that. But I had a Pepsi poster with Cindy Crawford um, in these like little cut off jean shorts and like a tiny white tank top looking all super sexy and super model and Cindy Crawford-ish hanging on my bedroom wall. And I had a party, a slumber party where a few of my little friends came over. Um, and this was in middle school or junior high. I think I was like 12 or 13. Um, and these girls who came to my house, thought it was super weird that I had that picture hanging on my wall. They made fun of me about it. They were like, oh my god, why do you have that picture on your wall? That's so weird. And I was like, it is? And they were like, yeah. And I was so embarrassed. And I took it down. And I was like, oh my god. What what was weird about like doing that is that I didn't understand what was weird about it. But I knew that that was not okay. And that I was going to get made fun of if I had a picture of a woman on my wall. So that was the last time I did that. And, you know, you have to understand that when I was growing up, um, being gay was not like a thing that was as, uh, out in the open and accepted as it is now. Um, I mean, we still have a long way to go obviously, but just like back then it was like no one in my school was out. Um, no one talked about being gay. No one. Yeah, there were gay kids in my high school for sure, but they weren't out of the, like, no one was like, yeah, I'm gay and, or had like a same sex partner or anything like that. No way. Like it would have been, no, 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 that was not a thing. So, um, so that was a thing. Um, just me having like subscriptions to certain magazines, like, I don't know if you guys remember stuff magazine or FHM, or um, what was the other one? There was another one like that. It's like a men's magazine. And they always had pictures of women. And I had a um, subscription to Playboy magazine. Um, So, you know, my ex-husband and my ex-boyfriends probably thought I was really cool because I was like, oh yeah, look at these women. And, you know, like... (laughs) I don't know. Some of my favorite movies were favorites of mine just because of the women in the movies. Like I was obsessed for a long time with the movie, uh, Charlie's Angels with, uh, Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu, mostly because Lucy Liu is, (laughs) yeah, I love Lucy Liu. That's all we'll say. Um, so, you know, I would watch those movies because I'd be like, I like looking at the women, but to me, it just didn't click in my head. It was just like, cause it didn't 
feel necessarily sexual. It's not like I was having fantasies about these people. It just, that's where my eyes wanted to go. When there's a beautiful man and a beautiful woman in a scene, my eyes go to the woman. Like, and another thing that may have confused me along the way was that there were a lot of boys and young men and men who I found very attractive. And I didn't really realize because being gay and being queer is not so black and white. It's not like you, if you're a lesbian, you only ever find women attractive, right? That's not true. Um, there were a lot of men and boys, and even still to this day, there are a lot of men who I can look at and be like, oh my god, that is a beautiful man. And even like, oh, look at his body. Like, there's one man who I follow on Instagram who I always joke with my partner because I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy, he makes me have heterosexual feelings almost. Like, I just want to like, like feel his abs. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but I don't want anything to do with him, like from the waist down. No, thank you. Like, that's just not. So figuring that part out too was huge for me of being like, oh, so this was after I was already like out as a lesbian and getting to know myself and know sort of like the culture of being gay, because there is kind of a culture and, you know, if you can talk to people who have been around for a long time, who have been out for a long time, who kind of know who they are and how things are. And just by learning from them, like, oh, this is okay. Like, it is okay to look at men. I'm not less of a lesbian if I look at a man and be like, he's beautiful. I would feel his abs. Like, I don't know why I keep talking about abs. Abs aren't that super important to me, but I just think about this one guy who I think is beautiful and he does have really good abs. Um, but so, and, uh, this is another sort of like, so you see how many parallels there are here with autism and, you know, especially undiagnosed autism, unrealized autism as, you know, along the same lines as like unrealized queerness or gayness, um, where I was always just sort of, um, looking around me and seeing what everyone else was doing and trying to do that the right way. So like looking around and being like, okay, everyone likes boys. Okay. I'm going to do that. Okay. Everyone likes sex with boys. Okay. I'm going to do that. Okay. Everyone's getting married to boys. Okay. I'm going to do that. Okay. Everyone's having babies with boys. Okay. I'm going to do that. And just like checking these boxes that made it known that I, to everyone else, but especially to myself, that I was normal. I was checking these boxes. I was fitting in. I was doing things right. Um, there's a term that I heard recently-ish um, called compulsory heterosexuality. And it's sort of, it's a term, I'd never heard this term before, but it basically means like the assumption that the default uh mode for people is heterosexuality um and i feel like that influence of compulsory heterosexuality uh in the world on me as an autistic person who already had a hard time sort of even knowing who i was 
like, you know, on a personal level, let alone on a relational, sexual level, um, it was very, um, I think it confused me a lot, um, along with, paired with the fact that I grew up in a time where not a lot of people were talking about being gay, like, the most I knew about being gay, sadly, the way I learned that there were gay people in the world was through the AIDS epidemic, because, hello, I grew up in the 80s, um, and I remember hearing about AIDS and watching movies like Philadelphia and seeing just sort of a a one-note and very negative view of what it meant to be gay. Um, certainly there were really not any gay women out in the media that I knew of, that I saw. I feel like the first hint of that was Ellen DeGeneres when she started, um, when she came out and she started being out in the world as like a, as like an open lesbian woman and then it was like okay there's okay this is a thing for women too and just like I just don't remember really like taking the time to even consider that that could be me just because it seemed so much like it couldn't just be anyone it was a very particular type of person who was gay and I think that that portrayal was very much by design back then because the world didn't want people to be gay. Being gay was not cool. It was not accepted. You know, it still isn't a lot of places. Like I said, we still have a long ways to go, but we have come very far. I got to say in my lifetime, even, you know, it's, we've really come very far. Um, so, so yeah, looking back, a lot of the signs were there. I didn't see them clearly until, oh, oh, also a huge sign, (laughs) a huge, huge sign that also really my partners leading up to this time were like, yeah, it probably really was a major thing that made them be like, oh yeah, that makes sense that you're a lesbian. Because I used to be very interested in making out with and like fooling around with girls, women, young women. <laughs> when I say girls, it makes me feel weird, but like young, young women, when I was younger, like in my twenties, um, you know, I used to go out a lot. I used to party a lot. That was part of my whole, like trying to assimilate into the young twenties life that I felt like I needed to be living, but I would, you know, partake in mind altering things like drinking or drugs. And then I would, mess around with girls, women, young women, like my age. Um, and it always just seemed like a fun experimental thing to me after the fact. I'd be like, Haha, oh my gosh, that was so funny. Like, I can't believe I did that with that girl, whatever. Um, I don't really talk, I've never talked like that. I don't know why I just made myself have that voice, but you know, it would be like just a funny anecdotal thing that happened. And I'd be like, well, that happened. That was fun, whatever. But I never took it seriously and never thought much of it because I don't know. I just always figured like, oh, well, I was on something and the, that just must be like 
what happens sometimes. And I knew that it happened to other people and they weren't gay. And so it was like, oh, well, like sometimes girls mess around with each other. It's nice to kiss girls and it's great. Um, but, you know, looking back at all of these things, at all of these breadcrumbs along the way that were scattered and giving me big clues, uh, all of it combined, it's like the autism thing. Like, yeah, sure. There are some people who aren't autistic who have this thing or feel this way. But when you look at all of the things combined, you're like, okay, all of these things together over the entire period of my life, that means autism. Just like, okay, maybe if I kissed a girl once or twice when I was drunk and that was the only thing that ever happened to me, sure, that happens. But that combined with all of the other clues were like, oh, okay, that is pretty telling. Um, so anyway, I ended up, yeah, talking to my husband one day, um, you know, I, I was open and honest with him about my feelings for this person and we talked about it a lot as my feelings progressed. I was actually really lucky to be in a relationship with someone who was really understanding and supportive as much as he could be. Um, I don't know if I would have had such a gentle and supportive reaction had the roles been reversed. I really probably would have been very um, hurt and not able to cope in the way that he did, but he was actually really great. Um, and he's the one who actually said to me at one point, cause I was having a real hard time accepting it and letting go. Um, you know, we had just had a baby together. We had only been married a couple of years at this point. And, you know, I really did enjoy being with him. I enjoyed our family life. Um, and me being gay was going to ruin all of that. And I didn't want that. I wanted to give my daughter the opportunity to grow up with a mom and a dad in the house. And because I think that was really important to me because I didn't have the chance to do that with my son. Everything was always very split 50-50. Or no, not 50-50 with his dad. 80-20. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like separate holidays, separate families, separate houses. And when I had my daughter, I just, I felt like I was doing everything the right way this time, quote unquote, the right way. You know, what society tells us is the right way. It was like, oh, you know, met her dad. We dated for three years. We got engaged, we got married. We waited a couple years. We had a baby. Like everything was going finally. Like I felt like I was in the, the normal groove. It was like, everything's working out. And then, um, you know, my daughter turns a year old and I realize I'm gay and I was going to lose all of it. I was going to lose it. And I was just having such a hard time. And I kept telling them like, you know, we can, we can probably make this work. Like maybe we, maybe we open up our marriage. Like maybe we try polyamory, you know, like you can have a girlfriend and I'll have a girlfriend. And like, he was like, no, <laughs> you know, that may work for some people, but he's like, that's not how I want to do things. That's not what I want personally. That's not what I'm into. Um, and so finally he did sit me down and, and he was like, you know what? Uh, I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to get divorced you're a lesbian. And I'd never said it out loud and I'd never heard it said out loud. And as soon as he said it, it just was like, it hit me like a ton of bricks that I was like, yeah, 
oh my god, yes, I, I am. And I just started bawling because I just knew it was over. I knew it was over with him. I knew that everything was going to change. And, you know, at the same time that it was really sad and scary, it was also very mixed emotions because it was also really exciting for me to know this about myself now and start exploring this, this new thing. And, you know, I'm so, I'm so grateful now that I did figure this out, uh, cause I am so much more happy and fulfilled in my relationships now. Um, I've only, I, I dated the woman from work for five years. We were together. Um, we broke up and I was single for a while and then I met Gray. Um, and, uh, so I've only had two, two gay relationships and, uh, this is my final one. Hopefully, knock on wood, Gray and I are engaged and we're going to get married and, you know, that's going to be that. But, um, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a monogamist. I don't like dating around. I d didn't feel the need to like sow a bunch of wild oats or date a bunch of random women. That's just not really how I do things. So, um, when I met Gray, it was a very similar feeling to when I met my first girlfriend. Um, it was very much kind of an instantaneous attraction. It was an interest, a deep, deep interest in Gray as a person. Um, this is before Gray came out as non-binary and they were presenting as female. And, uh, yeah. And that, that leads me to now. And, you know, it's, it's been such a kind of weird and long and winding road to get to this point now where I'm super comfortable with with who I am. I mean, I've always been comfortable with it, but it took a little bit of time to really settle into who I am on my terms instead of trying to look around and see what everyone else was doing or thinking or being and what was okay and what wasn't. And I think that partially has to do with experience, but partially has to do with age too, of me just um, feeling finally like it's it's okay to just be who I am and how I am uh, without worrying about what the world expects. And I feel the same on my autism journey where it's like, okay, who am I now? How do I navigate this? How do I be autistic? <laughs> and that's very much how I felt at first when I came out as gay. I was like, how how do I even do this? Who Who am I in the world now? But really we're always just the same person, right? These are just labels or preferences or things that, you know, ways that we live. And, uh, really it's all just part of us being who you are. And, uh, yeah, it's beautiful things. So anyway, that was a lot. That was a long story hour. It actually has been 40 minutes almost that I've been talking. So this is kind of a long episode, but there was a lot to say. I don't think I left anything out. Um, I do want to talk more about, um, about queerness in general as it relates to being autistic. You know, there is a big correlation between, um, being gay, being non-binary, being trans, um, and other sorts of presentations, preferences that coincide with 
or co-occur with being autistic. And I think that is just because um, the way our brains work is not typical. It's, it's, we see things very different than the world at large. And I think the gender thing is very interesting in particular when I learned that um, a lot of trans and non-binary people are autistic, like the correlation is really common. It makes so much sense because, um, you know, I don't consider myself non-binary or gender non-conforming or anything like that, but I have always had sort of a weird, um, a weird relationship to gendered identities, like, um, particularly like presenting as female and being put into that box has always really bothered me and I'm not a super feminine person I never really have been um I do enjoy on occasion like getting dressed up and getting all like you know what people would call like looking very feminine but to me that's not like my comfort zone that's just for fun and I almost feel like it's a cosplay type of situation when that happens like when I'm super dressed up I feel like it's very much not me I'm playing a part where um when I'm just being myself I dress a little bit more um on the gender neutral side and I really feel a lot more comfortable like that so Anyway, gender is a whole other topic, though. So I'm going to wrap this episode up. It's getting super long. Um, this is kind of a vulnerable story to put out there. I'm not sure why it feels vulnerable, but um, it kind of is. I guess this whole podcast is vulnerable, though. So what's new? Anyway, guys, um, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up. If you want to join the Patreon, the link is in the show notes to do that. We are uh, having a lot of fun over there on the Discord server. So um, I'm looking forward to growing the community a little bit more. Still pretty small right now, but uh, it's growing little by little. So I appreciate you all who have joined already. Uh, if you want to reach out, I'll also put my email address and Instagram handle in the show notes. And uh, yeah, that's it. I just talked a lot. I'm going to go lay down now because I'm still tired from this stupid ass COVID. And uh, but I will be back soon with more gay things to talk about and more non-gay things to talk about. <laughs> Just because it's Pride Month doesn't mean I'm only going to talk about gay things, but I do have a couple of other things planned. So, um, that's all. Okay, guys, I will talk to you soon. Bye.